This episode of Nintendo Voice Chat is brought to you by Gamefly. Listen! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, episode 380. As you can see, nobody's paying attention. They're all just playing video games. So I'm going to tell you what we'll be talking about. First of all, it's the end of an era. We'll have a new cast member joining NVC for good. Uh, so be nice. Uh, we are also going to talk about Fire Emblem Warriors, which we neglected uh, because it came out at a very, very busy time when just all sorts of stuff was happening, including the Super Mario Odyssey game that you may have heard a little bit about. So we'll be talking about that and more on today's show. But before we get there, I want to introduce this week's panel, which is your panel of regulars. We have Zachary Ryan. Can't talk playing Mario. Who's not paying attention and playing Mario. We've got Brian Altano. There are too many moons and I must find all of them. I'm so happy you actually put down your Switch for a second. I'm holding yeah. it as we speak. And then joining us for the very first time, I'm happy uh, to welcome Philip Mewson. What's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for having me. Why, hey, man. What hey. game did you make and why are you here? What, <laughs> are, you, are you going to talk about your latest release? I made a game called Zelda. Okay. Um, wow. it's, it's very new. Um, thank you. Um, no, um, in all seriousness, I, I'm here to be the new Nintendo editor uh, at IGN and hopefully a cast member here on NVC, which would be amazing. Um, I come from a YouTube background, so you might have seen my YouTube channel, uh, Philip. I've been covering lots of Nintendo stuff, mainly the Switch. So basically, I'm essentially here to cover Nintendo for you guys. That's awesome. So I've been meaning to ask you for a while now. We obviously had you in for a couple rounds of interviews and stuff like that. Um, but one thing that, that has kind of always gotten past me when we've had an opportunity to chat uh your channel name where did you come up with that you uh know? it took me a while um real, i sat on it for real a brain long buster time. there yeah. <laughs> um you know the funny thing about my channel name is it is called philip which is obviously my name um but i have such an interesting spelling of the name philip it's actually f-i-l-i-p um and you know normally in the english language it's ph uh so right. i get Flip a lot, mistaken. Oh, Flip is much yeah. better. That's so, it. You got a new cool. name. Welcome, Done. Flip. Glad you're oh, on the show. So I just buried myself. <laughs> and again. so you never get to buy any of those like cool like custom license plates and like you know cheap gift shops or everything. No, no my I've son never. is also named Bort. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you guys, uh, if you've been watching Philip on his YouTube channel before, you probably know a ton more about him than we do. So uh, it, it's going to take us a while to figure out what makes him angry. Yeah, and what buttons we can push here on the show, and and what fun discussions can be had like there are lots of people who work here who have incredibly wrong opinions and so we like to call them on that yeah we're going to go over um some of your your stuff uh, in a second I, I would love to find out you know what your favorite games are on nintendo platforms for example and then learn a little bit more about you but before we get there i want to thank some of our uh, nvc reviewers uh, that's right if you're listening to the show on uh, in audio format as a podcast you can leave us reviews on itunes and it's super awesome the more reviews a, a podcast hat has uh, the more popular it'll get it's 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 a law it's the law of Apple. Um, so, uh, no, it has to be positive reviews. Fruit law cannot be ignored. <laughs> That's right. So uh, I want to thank uh, LQ1, who just left a review for us, said, thank you uh, to the IGN crew for the show. As a, a lifelong gamer and Nintendo fan, I really appreciate everyone's unique knowledge and insight to the brand and games. The show has become a part of my commute on the train, and I look forward to it every week, so keep up the great work. Uh, we also had uh, some really cool suggestions. We read all the reviews we get on iTunes, and we love all your comments on IGN and YouTube and wherever you're watching. Uh, another one from Kalon. He says, uh, This is bad. I, I love Nintendo Voice Chat. I listen to this podcast every weekend on my long commute to my, uh, my girlfriend's house. Hell, I prefer listening to you guys than listening to her. Keep up the good work. We have to talk. 
That's rude. That's, yeah. yeah, that's K- so rude. Kaylon, we have to, we we have to talk. I think you should uh, you should invite her to listen to the show because clearly it's uh, entertainment for everyone, and then you guys should discuss it afterwards. I think she should be on the show so that he can hear her more. Oh, my God. Kalon's girlfriend, if you're around, you should come on the show. We're going to make him listen. Do we have any guest openings in the coming weeks? We can always squeeze somebody in between these two giant tentacles. A rotating fifth chair. Uh, But, uh, yeah, Philip, so you moved here from San Diego. Yes. You've been to San Francisco before, though, right? I have a few times. uh, Are you out of money yet? Um, yes. Okay, I good. I am completely <laughs> yeah. broke. I live actually around the corner in a cardboard box. Yeah. That's um, good. Yeah. That's good. the thing to do here. It's convenient because that makes my transportation like basically the easiest thing ever. So, But you're from San Diego? Originally, yes. Yeah. yeah. So the tan is going to go away, just so you know. Um, you'll that's be, what I hear. Yeah, you'll be as translucent as I am <laughs> very, very soon. Looking forward to it. Now you're looking at me like, can you see me? No, yeah. I, okay. I can't see you. It's uh, see through. N- what's your, I mean, how did you get exposed to Nintendo games like well, how did you decide to really tackle Switch for your YouTube channel Oh well I mean I've always always been a huge Nintendo fan like first and foremost um that's that platform that company is what got me into video games and that's really where I fell in you're, love with video but games But you're about uh, you're about 14 years old so that was with the GameCube release or when was that? <laughs> No no <laughs> um unfortunately or actually no I I was my first exposure to Nintendo was with the um, SNES. Oh, cool. And it was actually Super Mario World, which um, is still my favorite Mario game today and probably one of my favorite games to date as well. Um, but yeah, I've, I've owned basically every single Nintendo console except, and please, please do not kill me for this, but I have not owned a Wii U. No, it's okay. That's yeah. all right. Yeah, we're I not mean, judging. Uh, you, know, you know who yeah. else didn't own a Wii U? Most Nintendo fans. (laughs) That's what I've heard, yes. Mm. Um, But, um, you know, I still did get a chance to play, like, a bunch of the games on there as well. So I've still maintained a lot of, you know, or all of what I hope is Nintendo culture and and understandings and all that stuff. Well, the good news is I'm sure all the big Wii U games are going to get re-released for the Switch. So yeah, will have ample time to play them. Hey, before we move on, just like a real quick point, just make sure you're talking right into the microphone because these are so directional that when you sway, won't hear you. That's right. Yeah, don't be mad. Don't be mad. Uh, so uh, wait, real quick, like, what's your favorite? You said Super Mario World. Is that your favorite Mario game? Yeah, right that's, now. That's that. Until excellent choice. Possibly until I complete Odyssey because right. I'm still working Odyssey. on Odyssey. Yeah, so. yeah. That's my was, favorite Mario game too. We'll definitely talk about Odyssey more. I was doing a lot of that during my playthrough with Odyssey, which I'm continuing, obviously, because there's so much to do. Of sort of being like, where does this rank? You know, we just ranked all the Mario games here at IGN. We mm-hmm. talked about recently. Um, Zelda. You're big on Zelda, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I I've beat Breath of the Wild like within the first month. Um, but I've pretty much played every single Zelda game that I know of until mm-hmm. you know before then as well. So yeah. So rapid fire. What's your favorite Zelda game? Uh, Link to the Past. Hands what's down. your least favorite Zelda game? Zelda Two. I knew you would say that. <laughs> yeah, I but mean, it's, I, but it's. I mean, it is, that's most people's answer. It is arguably yeah. correct, unless yeah. you include the wands of Gamelon uh, or anything <laughs> like that. But that that's not going to work. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what was the first one for DS? And like even the worst Zelda Phantom game is, is still Hourglass. a really good game. That was pretty bad too. Yeah, yeah. it's no. not bad. It's just not. A very it's good fun. Game. It it has the repeating elements. Uh, I thought it'd be fun to hear from you. So favorite game on Switch was what? Um, actually, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Okay. What was your favorite? What's your favorite 3DS game so far? 
Um, it's it might surprise some of you guys because it's pretty recent, but I really enjoyed Samus Returns. Okay, mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with that game. Um, I'm a huge Metroid fan as well. Right. Yeah. So especially of the 2D kind, 2D like style Metroid games. Were you um, flipping out at E3 when we got those like dual prong announcements of yeah, of yeah. Metroid games? Yeah. yeah that was, was that was a surreal moment. I was incredibly excited because I've been waiting for Metroid Prime Four, and I think we all kind of felt that was coming, um, yeah. or at least hoped it was. But then to get two announcements at E3 was incredibly exciting. See, so you're way more optimistic than me because I thought we would never get a Metroid Prime game again. I we thought got it was done yeah, too. I thought, it was done. I thought like Reggie would show up with a with a pin once in every two years and rub it in <laughs> people's faces, and that would be it. But that all of that materialized into something that is an actual a a tangible Metroid game that we have now, and b another one coming to Switch. Um, Makes me very, very happy. I thought they'd go third person even on the on the Switch. I thought we'd get more Metroid, but I didn't think they would well, go to Prime because it felt so like you have a trilogy. It just kind of feels complete. We haven't seen Prime, and given the the uh, basic reboots that that Mario and Zelda have done so far on the Switch, like they're not afraid to experiment with their franchises. Yep. So we could yeah. see Metroid Prime, and for all we know, it could be an over the shoulder third person like Resident sure. Evil no, I mean, style thing. I I think. Prime is first person. You think so? Yeah, 100%. Like, like by definition. I think they're continuing that series with that and they're playing around with new stuff. Do you think uh, that they'll go so far as to implement the motion controls like in the uh, Wii version? I don't know. I don't think. Because like, you can do that with the Joy-Con. You know? I mean, you after, could use it as a point. After really. Odyssey, I'd say all bets are off with that stuff. Yeah. Right? I thought we had said. For better go- or worse. Yeah. I thought we'd said goodbye to that forever. But um, so also, um, mm-hmm. you obviously you skipped the Wii U. Many Nintendo fans did. But what was it that initially drew you to be there for the Switch? Were you there day one? Were you did you, oh, yeah. did you pre-order one and all that? Yeah. You went through all that rigmarole. Yeah. Actually, I pre-ordered three of them. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I and I got three of them. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Um, so did you just like? Sit on them like smoke and growl at people, or what do you do with one? Them? I don't when know, Mister Eighty Joy Cons. I, I have three kids; they have eighty hands. They each have four <laughs> switches. Yeah. Um, no, I put them all to good use. I swear, I didn't hoard them. I didn't sell any of them. Um, I actually one was for me, of course, um, that I started my YouTube channel with. Yep. Um, and then another one was actually a backup, just in case that one broke, because at the time we couldn't transfer data or oh right, right, right. It, you're basically screwed. Um, so. The other switch was for a giveaway uh, for my channel as well. Yep. So I oh, ended cool. up giving it away at 20,000 subscribers, which was a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Well, that's C did it for good. When that's you awesome. got 20,000 or when the guy who won got 20,000? No. <laughs> <laughs> when I got that. Right, no, Congratulations, bud. You did great. Here's the so, switch. So I'm going <laughs> to awesome. skip Wii U then if you don't have a favorite on that one. But Wii. What was your favorite Wii game? Um, Twilight Princess. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm a really big Zelda fan. So if there's a good Zelda game. And I actually liked twilight princess a lot i didn't mind the whole wolf link thing right um that wasn't too big of an issue for me because it just still at its core was a zelda game in my in my eyes yeah i like yep. that game a lot too um when i revisited it what last year the year before yeah for the um, hg there was still i didn't finish it the second time through but i i appreciated the hell out of a lot of what that game does especially there's a a section sort of halfway through that game where it just gives you Dungeon after dungeon after dungeon, and they're excellent. That's what I was going to say, too. The back half of that game is so much stronger than the first half, yeah. I think. The, the, and the, the bosses and dungeon designs are just unparalleled. It's just sort of everything in between that's kind of a slog. Yeah. The desert stuff gets, is awesome. In I think yeah. it gets yeah. a bad rap because yeah. it's, it is a very long game, and there is a lot of, like, not, not necessarily as much collecting as you'd see in Skyward Sword. And, and but, it starts yeah. so slow, right? Oh, like God. sheep herding yeah. and stuff. But well, I found out that the, the second time I played through it during the HD version, that, that initial opening portion seemed a lot well, it they did tweaked faster. it. it did. No, they didn't. They tweaked it. No, no. didn't they uh-uh. let you skip some some, so. uh, some slow stuff? I thought they they had. So, some... did you buy a Wii a Wii at launch? 
Yeah. yeah. How cool was it to a play a Zelda game at the launch of a system, but b also to skip between this game that you could spend sixty hours on yourself, uh, and then pop the disc out and then put in this like ridiculously goofy party game where you and your friends could be cartoon versions of yourselves with no arms and go bowling. Yeah, that was that was really crazy. I remember having a lot of fun, especially with Wii Bowling and Wii yep. Tennis and stuff like that. But um, honestly, I, I didn't play too much of it with friends. I was like such a solo gamer at the time, yep. and especially with Nintendo's whole online structure. You know, I just jumped into single player experiences mainly on that system. So. I had a I had a friend knock out one of the like overhead ceiling lights in my apartment with a Wiimote and then I kind of shut it down after that. <laughs> yeah, I told the story one of our uh, one of our coworkers in the LA office at the time, that's where I was working when it came out, uh, was playing Wii Sports and then let go of the Wii remote and it actually smashed into the wall next to the TV and it was like it's like that like drywall, it was actually embedded in, oh, really? in the drywall. Yeah. Wow, like awesome. those fake like baseball in the corner. It looked stickers. like a like a like a bad like Jean Claude Van Damme, Van Damme movie or oh something. My God. Like, That's great. Yeah, she missed the 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 TV by by a hair. Um, GameCube. Um, it's a tie for me for GameCube, Ooh. and they're they could not be more polar opposite games. Um, so the first one is Luigi's Mansion because I loved that game, okay. and I'm and I actually love Luigi. I'm a more of your, a Luigi. Fan. Your favorite games so far have all been launch titles. I find that really interesting. I know, yeah. I know. That's that is actually surprising. But the other game that it has a tie with is Resident Evil Four. Yes, okay. huge Resident Evil fan. Yes. Thank you. Um, I, I think I like. I feel like I'm. He's welcome now. I'm almost like contracted by Capcom because I bring that game up to obnoxious levels on my on any IGN show I'll be on. I could be like interviewing The Walking Dead at Comic Con. I'm like, you guys. Another thing with zombies is Resident Evil Four. And they're like, well, the new season comes out this fall. I'm like, yeah, but. That was a great game. Except for right, that guys? one time when you were interviewing that cast and Andrew Lincoln was like, actually, those weren't zombies. That was Los <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, And these are right. walkers, technically. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Oh, all right. But yeah, uh, excellent game. That's yeah. a great choice. And then uh, N64, we already know your Super NES pick. Um, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. And I have to say Ocarina of Time. That was pretty easy. Like um, there is there is there a game that you love that others don't don't like? I mean, we need give us something, man. I don't know. You know, another can't one. Can't just agree. I could throw I could throw out some random games, but I feel like a lot of people still like those games, yeah. like Wave Race, for instance. Yeah. Oh, that's great. No, that that's was a big awesome. one for me. Um, I like. Um, oh man, so many. Uh, GoldenEye. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Actually, Dude. didn't I didn't play Donkey Kong sixty four? That's fine. That's no, good. No, no, no. man. Yeah. That's, we can move. You don't on. have to play Donkey Kong yeah. sixty four. You missed Donkey a very Kong. bad game. If you, so that's if you do even mention Donkey Kong sixty four, our producer will come over the uh, loudspeaker here and yell at you. Apparently, yes. So, yeah. Yeah. so <laughs> Barrett Barrett is one of the few people out there who loves Donkey Kong sixty four. Yeah. Mm. Most people either don't like it or th- say, okay, it was a, it was okay. I had some good ideas, but collector writers got the better of that game. But yeah. Barrett is special. Barrett has a Barrett Donkey really Kong sixty four tattooed in old English across his chest. The yeah. issue, though, is that unfortunately Barrett controls the camera. So, like for example, now he's mad at me, so he makes the camera go to the other yeah. other screen and doesn't show me anymore. The N sixty four was an happens. interesting era in that we didn't <laughs> we hadn't played enough three D games to really know what a bad one was yet. Um, <laughs> no, really, like I, I mean, yeah, it's I, true. I bought stuff like Chameleon Twist, which was like a three D platforming game where you used yeah, that was not great. Use your tongue to like latch onto cool things idea. in the environment. Yeah, um, but it just wasn't very good. The the camera controls weren't yep. great, and it's weird because Mario sixty four showed so early on how to control camera in a three D environment. I think Ocarina of Time did a great job as well. Uh, but we just didn't really know then what 
like what a bad game was. Sort of like when you're a little kid, you didn't know what a bad NES or Super NES game was, uh, and then you played a, a bunch of good ones, and you're like, oh, I think you I love know. everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When ki- kids do love everything, and then they become more and more discerning. There, it's easier to when you're young. It's easier to convince yourself that like a bad yeah. game you got as a gift is a great game because it's your game and you get to play it. But then uh, you grow up and it's like you read a list written by like IGN and it's like the worst games of all time. And you're like, that's, I but I love that one, Gorgon. What was the first game that you guys can remember playing that you legitimately thought like, oh, I'm this is a bad video game? Deadly Towers remember? for the Nintendo Entertainment System. For NES. Yeah, Deadly okay. Towers for NES was really bad. I, but sure. I'm, I, I, you know, I am I am a little older than you, Philip, so for me it was E.T. on the Atari mm. VCS. Jeez. Like, and I loved that movie um, as, a, as a kid, and we played this game. I'm like, why, why does he always fall into the hole? And like, it, it just, it, and that was after decoding confounding games like Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, there were a lot of weird uh, out there Atari games. I was going to say, I had, a, yeah. I had a neighbor down the street who was a few years older and he had a brother that was my age and we would go over there. That was my only exposure mm-hmm. to like the Atari or Coleco era. Yep. We didn't have those when I was a kid. That was a little before me. But he had Indiana Jones. Yep. And I remember being like, this is a square with a hat. Like, that's what <laughs> that, take that, that game. back. <laughs> and it was very, and I knew, I, so I guess that was probably the first game where I was like, this is bad, and this is nothing like these films. See, I like that one, but also the theme was right, and then it had these, uh, the they implemented got the song. No, right? but, but you, you, got, you did the staff of Raw and all that stuff, and, um, E.T. was like all the stuff that happens in E.T. doesn't happen in the movie. Like he literally falls. I mean, he has to assemble the phone, sure, but he just falls into holes and it's so dumb. E.T. didn't fall into holes. What was yours? Oh, man. Um, I I don't even know. I mean, like there have been so many games that I've initially played and thought were wonderful and then gone back to and then realized that they were so terrible. You know, isn't that weird? Like one that comes to mind, for instance, is Shadows of the Empire. Yes. On N64. Such a great example. Yeah, I loved that game. Well, the Hoth level is still very good. Yeah. Right. Like if you play that, the controls and everything. The the flying Hoth level or the the third person Hoth? The flying Hoth. The flying one. The the walking one is no good. Because the second you walk into the like sort of like rebel base area in Hoth, uh, it starts to fall apart because then you start realizing like the cameras all like it just it's got like set angles sometimes and it gets stuck. Yeah, jumping like dash render jumps like too high and very slowly. And I, yeah, I think what you saw with that game too was the kind of how separate the uh, console and PC audiences were because we already had better first-person shooters set in the Star Wars universe yeah. on PC. Now, Dark granted, forces. they weren't always fully polygonal, yeah. right? You had sprite work done in games like Dark Forces, right? And, uh, but they controlled really well. They sounded awesome. And so Shadows wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. No. But it was a lot of console games' first experience of like a fully like a fully rendered style. It also it lets you fight Boba Fett and IG-88. It, and it let, let, let you go to like weird planets that you hadn't been to before. Like if, It was really cool. If you go back now, planet, all, the audio, <laughs> all the audio is highly compressed in mono. Yeah. And it gets looped really fast. Yeah. It's like they're like 20-second samples that are looped. And it's just awful. Um, but some good, some good moments in that game for sure. All right, well, uh, thank you for filling in some of the background. Obviously, you're, you're going to uh, hopefully join the show every week, and we'll learn many more things about oh, you, yeah. Uh, yeah, including sure. your likes and dislikes. Wait, are we moving on? And we'll be sure to... Uh, we'll be sure to uh, do you have another question bad. for him? I, no, I didn't get to tell my bad game story. Everybody oh, I'm sorry. Except for me. I, f- I thought it was Donkey Kong 64. No. What, what is it? No, uh, the Christmas that I got a 64, I begged my parents for months to get a Nintendo 64, and they bought me the system, which was great, 
And then they didn't have any games for me, and I thought, oh, my parents just don't know that you have to buy games because that was the first console that didn't have a pack-in game. So I was, like, really disappointed. But then my mom's like, oh, what's this? And, like, pulls out, obviously, a box that was shaped like a game. And I had been asking for Mario 64, <laughs> but when I opened it, it was Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero. Oh! oh! Which is a Mortal Kombat side-scroller that yep. was just terrible. And I tried, I really tried to love it all of Christmas Eve, and then, like, the next morning I woke up and I was like, she's like, are you going to play your Nintendo? And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's again. That's yeah. it's a game that has its fans, and I actually lo- like the idea of a side scroller with with those characters. But it was so guilty of permadeaths that yeah. you couldn't predict. Yeah, like yeah, a Mario game will signal that you're safe jumping somewhere. There'll be a little hint, mm-hmm. or they'll give you an extra life as you jump down to get something sure. and you die. This game is like, nope, you died. You didn't know, but yeah. you died. Try this. Trial and nope, error. you're still dead if you do. It was this. also yeah. justifiably a weird stigma around 2D games at the at the launch yep. of the N64 where uh, not a lot of 2D games on the N64 no not really in fact there were two Mortal Kombat games one was Mortal Kombat Trilogy which compartmentalized all the content yep. from the first three games in one and the other was that one mm-hmm. yeah um, Yoshi and Mischief Makers yeah, yeah. were some of the other but good if you were going to play a 2D yeah, game on your N64 that wasn't the one so that's yeah that's I feel for you man that's a bummer sorry well sorry. I'm glad we heard that uh, terrible story <laughs> I, had to, I just and had to get it off my chest hopefully uh, yeah, they hope- never made another one of those anthology games either no. they made it sound like they were going to make so many of them yeah. you know I'm so glad we didn't get like I don't know Cyrax Tomb or whatever <laughs> who knows the maybe story myth- of Young Smoke maybe mythologies will be back <laughs> Smoke is my favorite rapper <laughs> Hello there, would you like to save money and play more video games? Well, let me introduce you to our sponsor, Gamefly. Gamefly is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games. At Gamefly.com, you pick your favorite games and have them mailed directly to your door or mailbox. Gamefly is the leading video game rental service with over 9,000 titles to choose from. You can try your favorite games before you buy and keep the games as long as you want with no late fees. So if you're stuck on a boss fight or having a really good time, it's not a big deal. You can cancel at any time, and they also offer movie rentals too. Head to Gamefly.com slash voice chat and start your free premium 30-day trial today. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer, again, by visiting Gamefly.com slash voice chat. Now go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days right now. Uh, what what may not be back though is uh, is FIFA, uh, unless uh, unless EA is playing really coy. Uh, we have this uh, this comment. Um, EA's CFO Blake Jorgensen said to the Wall Street Journal, "Electronic Arts is waiting until Nintendo's new Switch has been on the market a full year before deciding to release more games for it besides FIFA 18." And uh, that the company wants to fully understand what the demand is. What do you guys think about that? See, We've heard similar comments from them before, but saying now saying they're going to wait a year before deciding. What do you think? I just think that that's a poor decision on EA's part, honestly. Yeah. Like, I feel like FIFA is obviously the world's biggest sports video game franchise and, you know, sport right now, soccer. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if it's the right game to test on, you know, an entire market with because there are so many Switch owners out there that don't really care about sports games or a yeah. sports title. I think that, you know, if they were going to test their, you know, a, a series, they should do a couple different games or like at least another one just to see of a completely different genre. I personally would have loved to see something like Mass Effect show up on For Switch, sure. you know. I, I think, think they, they were burned by Wii U with that one, with right? the, with, with yeah. the Mass Effect part. Yeah. You look at something like what Rockstar is doing, um which is 
peculiar, but also sort of smart in that they're testing the waters with something that isn't going to be a big loss for them, right? right. Like they're working on an LA Noir remaster. They said, okay, we'll bring this over to Switch and we'll test it out. The thing with FIFA specifically is that FIFA is one of those games that sort of transcends the entire culture of the way we understand the kind of consumer to publisher demographic when it comes to video games. When we publish reviews for video games, people will sort of wait and see. They go like, I want to see what IGN says. I want to see what other sites say. With FIFA, people buy in every year. Regardless of what we say, they come that that comes later. So it's like Call of Duty or Madden. Exactly. You know I mean? those, like, those, are, those are givens, right? And yeah. I think with those specifically, um, people play those on the platforms where their friends are playing those things. And while I think FIFA on Switch is a cool novelty, if you bought the last two or three on PS4 or PS3 or PS2 or whatever it is, or Xbox, you're married to that to that place to play those games. Legally. So, yeah, legally. So I don't think that was really the best um, sort of test scenario to see what kind of support they can offer the Switch. You know, I'd like to see them try out something a little more unique um, and a little less sort of something that's a a staple on other platforms. Right. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, Philip, in that it's it's uh, putting FIFA out as this test case is sort of a dichotomous thing where it's like, yes, it has this huge market share, but the people that want to play that are going to want to play it in the highest fidelity, po- yeah, fidelity right. possible and have all every single option that they can because they are the repeat I want to say repeat offenders but that's not the right word they are the repeat purchasers they are the people that like they want to play every iteration of this game um, so opening up that new market on the switch probably not a great test case because there's pair has a couple of examples here of things that might work even better is like plants versus zombies the sims need for speed peggle or i honestly i think probably even a better one is is Faye, which they announced at uh so that uh, they got coming E3, so, yeah so and that's obviously a statement like this leaves the door open to acquisitions like Faye was in development and then you know ea picks it up uh, as part of their uh, their their label so there could be other games like that where where EA just finds a um, an indie studio and then brings the game to all the platforms. Yeah, um, but like I mean, they obviously have Titanfall. They they could port Titanfall, but not not the that I would be version? excited about ports of older games. But they've got Titanfall, they've got Battlefront, they've got uh, Battlefield. Obviously, a, a tremendous catalog of sports games outside of that. You know, the Madden franchise. Um, what I find peculiar is like one. When you wait a year, and if you wait a year from the release of the Switch, let's say March to March, what are you going to decide in March? Hey, we should put another FIFA on it. That's three months before the World Cup. That's right. that's stupid, which means we will get another game like FIFA, which is missing a core mode, and then get, get gets a bad rep from, from gamers, right? And that's the other thing with this testing the waters case. Like, if they had released something unique and special and different, something that was a little closer to what the kind of games that are actually selling, whether they're Nintendos or some of the indie titles that are, are doing really well, like uh, like even Golf Story. Steam you know? World Dig, yeah. Steam World Dig. Specifically, yeah. If they had tested the waters like that, I'd be like, hey, that's a good litmus test for you um and they have games like that in their catalog yeah like well even peggle like what that's gonna take exactly well, you can port that in in a month yeah. right well that's what we're confounding about this. this might be a little wishful thinking but like and obviously maybe a little bit too soon as well but like take a look at something like what rockstar is doing taking a uh sort of cult hit from last gen and putting it on this system as, as a test run like 
Give me Dead Space. Give me the saboteur. Yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna go the for like saboteur. weird deep cut was, stuff. Give me like something that. that was like critically well received, but commercially. Dead, Dead Space would be was, awesome. Dead Space was obviously commercially successful yeah. as well, but like give me something like that that it's like a known quantity, but maybe not to this generation and be like, hey, here's an awesome, like tried and tested game on your Switch now from yeah. our back catalog. Right. I, I say give me something new, but uh, you know, why the, not both? I, I feel like I think it, he, I think putting out one title as a test case the, is a bad the, idea. It, I mean, they should be really thinking about creating a Sims themed game. Sims titles obviously do do really well on any platform, but I'd argue that there is a market with the portability factor of this device for the Sims. Take the Ubisoft route and partner with Nintendo and put the Sims in the Mushroom Kingdom and let them be Mario characters. Like, mm-hmm. that's a great idea. But or put I just Mario in a, in a human house. Yeah. Put Mar- <laughs> Apparently, that's how it works now. Yeah, he's just not a human man, but you can put him right in there with the other human. Put him, look at look maybe, at Doc City. But who knows? Maybe they they're playing coy. You know, maybe this is more internally they're talking about possible projects and they're like, hey, let's get a better deal. There's obviously a lot going on with EA right now. I I just feel like it's just such a lame statement and we've heard it before and they keep repeating it. It's like that. FIFA is not the litmus test for this machine. I think if they're going to test the waters, it makes so much more sense to use a game that maybe is like from a previous generation that was a hit back then, whether it's Dead Space or Mass Effect or even something like Mirror's Edge, you know, just throw something out there. Yeah, see if it works. I mean, yeah, like... If they take a year, which it sounds Ugh. like they will, that's going to be... Berry. It's berry-flavored. What? It's terrible. Our vending machine, uh, it didn't have a label for the bubble water, and uh, I thought this was lemon or lime. It's a it's, real roulette, what's coming out of there these it's, days. It's the berry one, which tastes like drinking after, aftershave. It's, yeah, it's terrible. Oh. Have you had the orange one? No. Woof. Does it taste like orange? No, it tastes okay like cleaning fluid. <laughs> Um, sorry, sorry. It was a little off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Brian is like, moment's gone. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, <laughs> have some drink. This is this is good. our ham episode, Brian. Uh, all right, <laughs> mo- moving on for you from EA. Yeah, get your uh, get your act together. Seriously, uh, announced for Black Friday, uh, Nintendo's got a Zelda themed DS Link edition. Unfortunately, it is the wedge. So. Here's a funny thing. <laughs> it's a green and was it green? Uh, we, we see it here on the screen. Yep. If you're watching this on IGN, uh, but we have button. a green device with yellow buttons, but it is the 2DS wedge. Right. It, but it comes with the uh, Ocarina of Time 3D installed. Yeah, that's nice. Um, in- Ocarina of Time 2D installed on, in yep. this case. Uh, here's a funny thing I learned about myself when I saw this press release in my inbox. Uh, I saw the colors on that, that 2DS and that it was Ocarina of Time, and I went, oh, I'm going to buy this. <laughs> and then I was like, I already own a 3DS and Ocarina of yeah, Time 3D, yeah, but yeah. I still wanted to purchase it because it's Zelda and I'm a sucker. So. I was hoping it'd be a, a, a Switch, you know, with the Switch Joy-Cons in green. Obviously. There's, yeah, there's cool. such an interesting company in that, like, we got the Switch this year. We got Zelda for the Switch and Wii U. Yep. We got a new 2DS XL this year. And you're like, oh, well, so then clearly they're going to make a Zelda version of one of those, right? And they're like, no, the Wedge. <laughs> but yep. do you think that they're making a Zelda version of the Wedge because it, that's, a, that's an easy way to sell a bunch of those systems? It's the cheapest Probably, device. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, it's like, well, how much is it? Seventy nine ninety nine. So that's yeah. going to hit Black Friday. That is the cheap alternative to the Switch. Uh, or any of the other devices. That's really crazy because like that game was forty dollars when it launched, it, yep. which it, means that you're getting the wedge for thirty bucks effectively. Mm-hmm. It makes go. sense to have Cheap such wedge. a low console or a low cost console in the market like that because that way parents can just you know without thinking. 
buy their kids a console that comes with one of the best games that they've probably played. So cool. And all of a sudden, their kid is now a Nintendo fan for life. Yeah. Here's your game, son. I mean, yeah, that's the thing is if you've somehow managed to miss the the DS or the 3DS for the last 10 years or whatever, that's a hell of a deal. Or if you sold your DS to get a Switch, like that's an easy way to get back in and and have one of the greatest games of all time. So yeah, they also have uh, they have uh, Explorers Edition of Breath of the Wild. So that's just a game for sixty bucks. So same price as launch, but they're including a, a, a spiffy little map and a hundred page guide. What does, what does the hundred page guide cover? Well, maybe for people who are not as great as you are, Zach. This is like the the third special edition that. For Breath of the yeah, Wild. there was the collector's edition, the master's edition, and now the explorer's edition. I think it's I want to know what's in that explorer's guide because I have I bought the collector's edition strategy because yep. same yeah sucker for Zelda. Yep. Um, but it's way more than a hundred pages, so I wonder what they cut out. You know, like maybe it's just it's just they the cut out the map game. and put it separately next to it. Well, the map is separate in that too, but uh, <laughs> okay. but yeah, and maybe it's just a shrine guide or something. But yeah, 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 it's cool. Um, it looks like there's some new art on it that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, that's the most cool. and like to me, that's the coolest part of that. Yeah, um, I hope somebody rips that image and makes some cool wallpapers out of it. But yeah, this is cool. It's a good deal because I mean, they're with Nintendo games, we don't necessarily see them drop in price. They always like yep. to maintain the value of their like core titles for as long as possible. Right. They've had they've gone on record in saying that like to them, there's something important about doing that because it doesn't diminish the sort of value of quality that they yep. want to put across. Consumers have a different story, obviously, because to them, they're kind of like. Hey, that's cool, but like, can I get this game for forty bucks, like I do with any other game in the world when it launches? Yeah. But if they want to sort of increase the value of their games by not necessarily reducing the cost, but bundling new items, I'm totally cool with that. Like, if you buy Odyssey in six months and there's a guide to getting moons that comes in for free, yep. like, cool. I think it's a good idea. Awesome. So this is part of their their Black Friday lineup. Obviously, um, they're not putting out a new uh, Switch. You know, obviously they're they're trying to get as many of the regular the uh, you know the Blue and red, neon, uh, and and the gray to to market, and they probably don't want to introduce another skew on top of that. But they are also uh, putting out. Remember, uh, previously announced the Pokeball themed um, and the orange white 2DS XL. Mm-hmm. So you know that it sounds like they have a bunch of options. And then obviously the Super NES Classic. Hopefully they'll get a couple more in stores as well. Uh, another quick new announcement: Rive, the game Rive Ultimate Edition, uh, really well received on on Steam. You know, PC shooter is coming to Switch on November seventeenth. Um, the developer is promising that it'll run faster and smoother than the uh, original game, which is uh, good news. If you haven't um, played it, it's kind of a, it's a 360 shooter, super fast pace, like pace colorful, colorful. Oh, cool. Yeah, you can shoot okay. any in any uh, direction. And then they basically they I don't know if, they, if it's fair to say they added a new co-op mode, but you can play uh, the tank uh, contr- when you're playing as the. Uh, as as the spider tank, you can you can split the Joy-Con. You know, that's like bogus. you guys have been doing with Link together. So uh, you know, you that's can copyright play. infringement. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You can we do, invented that. You can do Link together, um, uh, Rive Edition. So we'll have more once we play that game. We'll uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, but it sure. looks really cool. Yeah, we'll try to get some yep. hands on time and before it launches. Good good user reviews. So uh, we're going to go over some of the new Switch games on the market. Then talk about Fire Emblem Warriors and Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, Sonic Forces uh, is out by the time uh, that you're probably watching or listening to this. Um, that's the new Sonic game from the the Colors and Generations teams. Different from Sonic Mania, which was kind of like the the fan made answer. Uh, it's not fair to call it a fan made game, but it's like it, it was more of a it, it, it was a a two D kind of reimagining of the original games. This is a fully three D game. Uh, Sonic Adventure. 
Yeah, and it's you know similar to Sonic Adventure. There's a lot of running, a lot of forward running. We haven't gotten the game yet. No, uh, we did a let's play of the of the demo. I saw that. That was funny. Which is a very short let's play um, <laughs> because it's a very short demo. It's actually timed and. Uh, yeah, I had some trouble with the demo because I'm not great at 3D Sonic games. Uh, part of the reason why I've never truly connected with them. But also because the demo keeps popping up with like hints that eat into the overall time. But the big hook in this game is that uh, you can create your own main character who's sort of a hedgehog, I think. Other yep. people in the comments will have better ideas to, as to what animal that is that you can be. But you can be a sort of animal-themed hedge beast. Bottom line is you're some kind of critter. It's yep. some, some kind of critter. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you play – so the demo is – it is literally like you start a level and it's one minute, isn't that yeah. right? Yeah. So, so not a great way to show off this game. Obviously, your Let's Play was very funny of it because it kept on cutting out and then you guys cut out the video at one point. Yep. Which was hilarious. Yep. Look that up. Yeah, you guys are funny. Thanks. Sometimes. Uh, I, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm very excited for this game because I have bad taste and I love Come Sonic on. Adventure. Like Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. Uh, those of you that, that You like know Sonic me, Adventure? Well, I like Sonic Adventure too. Sega Dreamcast is my favorite system of all time, mm. hands down. And Sonic Adventure is uh, just one of those games that like is not very good in hindsight. But when I was a kid, I remember playing the first one and thinking... It'll never get any better than this. Like games will never look better than this, and well, it, it just blew me away. And so, looking at this right now, and and you, you were right. How much it reminds me. Yeah, it you were right never, in terms of 3D Sonic. Yeah, it would never get any better than that. But looking at how that's much, not fair. Like how much of Sonic Adventure's DNA is in this? Like I, I'll play the hell out of it. So, that but game. but they did. I mean, they're addressing a lot. So one of the the issues with with Sonic Adventure design was that it invites you to run, but then you're dead. Right, like, and and Sonic games sometimes have that issue. Now, big Sonic, uh, Sonic purists that his name say is big the cat. that's because you know it's a game that is more kind of like an arcade game where you play over and over and you learn where the traps yeah. are mm-hmm. and you get really really good and you get this real kind of like rush of running fast. Yeah, and uh, you know Sonic Mania I think did a did a really nice job at. Uh, sorry, I hit my mic. I hate you, Mike. Uh, Sonic Mania did a really nice job at kind of removing some of those pitfalls. There's still, there were still some. And this game, you know, uh, has a lot more of those kind of homing attacks. Look how fast like it is. you, you hit the button to uh, to home in on your enemies. Yep. You know, later Sonic games have been it's doing this pretty. for a while in 3D. Yeah. Looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks nice on Switch as well. There's there's some 2D uh, side scrolling stages too, right? Cool. Where the camera zooms out. But you have to love this style of gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a silence. Very, it's everybody, a, and, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You don't. No? It's a very. It, it feels okay. almost like a endless runner to me, in a way. Yeah. I mean, but obviously there is an end to this. It is a Sonic game. There's an end to every level. But at the same time, it's so linear, mm-hmm. and and I don't mean that in just like the linear form factor, but the levels, like you can't go very much to the left. You can't go very much right. to the right. right. And it seems like those jumping points are almost scripted. Oh, yeah. Because like... But I mean, it's about it's, rhythm, right? It's, those jumps are absolutely. about rhythm, homing in on an ele- enemy and then making the perfect jump off. Yeah, we're all playing right. Mario but, Odyssey right now, which is very sandboxy. This is obviously in a very completely different direction. So, so that's but, good. But um, where it forces you brought it up, you said they're very linear levels. I feel like that was the necessary improvement over Sonic Adventure, though, where the levels were linear, but you could stop and jump down and and explore and to me it always ground the game to a halt yeah. like i i like the game whenever you're like you're you know you're going down a street yeah. uh, and like you're jumping over cars like i like those moments when you're running fast when you're rolling around at the speed of sound you've got places to go that's to right but i'm i'm also 
I can't, you know, playing Mario, I can't walk past a coin. Like, I have to stop and grab it. And so that was my issue with the original two Adventures games. Like, I always felt like, oh, man, I'm missing all this stuff. And then I'm asking myself, am I having fun or am I getting more and more nervous? Because Mm, my my OCD is telling me, don't run, don't run. But the game says run. Yeah, you know, but uh, we'll see. So I, I mean, I'm looking forward to playing more than a minute of this. Yeah, have you played more than a minute? Um, only because I tricked the demo. I figured out a way to restart it quickly, and it's as simple as just going into the options and hitting restart. You don't have to like actually end the demo. So you just wait for it to get to like one second, and then just. But then you, you have to redo the, the level. The yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, it still yeah. sucks. So it was. <laughs> it was thanks for playing. But you don't have to watch that yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. It was Groundhog Day then. Oh yeah, yeah. Groundhog Day. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Sega said there would be a day one patch to the game, which is why they haven't um, sent out codes yet. But we did get to play the game a little bit at some of the uh, expos, like PAX and Gamescom. So tried it out. Uh, I I did like the the um, stages where the camera zooms out and you got this cool 2D look with a checkerboard um, mm-hmm. uh, setups and the, the loops and stuff. So we'll, we'll see. I'll give it a shot. Me too. Uh, that's a full, that's uh, that's like 50 bucks, right? Full price game? Yeah, that's a, that's a full Switch? retail game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sparkle 2 Evo, that's a new game that came out for Switch. It's downloadable for five bucks. It's a little bit like Flow where you kind of, uh, you know, you, you like prim- primordial soup sim mm-hmm. is what they're called officially. No, really? That's, no. That's a genre. Up for you. I, I, uh, you could have tricked me. I mean, there's many weird genres out there these days. A couple of uh, couple of ten dollar games. Uh, haven't played. I don't think any of us have played them yet. Uh, Wheels of Aurelia, uh, Heroes of the Monkey Tavern, uh, which there's, there's a demo for on the Switch. That's right. So we'll we'll play that and let you know if any of these are worth getting. But one of the bigger, more expensive releases is actually Farming Simulator, and uh, we joked about this game before. It is actually really big in Europe. And when if you go to Gamescom, uh, you'll see a huge booth dedicated to Farming Simulator, including real-life farming equipment like your combine harvesters and track. There was a tractor at Gamescom this year. Yep. Was, yeah, very must be very difficult to get a tractor. I love um, in the, on the expo floor. <laughs> First yeah. of all, I, I love how like just realistic these games are. Like, in, I'm not a farmer. I don't know if this is actually realistic, but just how like beautiful they are. Okay. Like, they they made these games look really good. They really it's got weird. the hay down, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because when I play like really simmy racing games, I can't get into them. I know Pear, you like some of those games. I like right? racing sims, yeah. Like Gran Turismo and stuff yeah. like that. Because to me, racing like at its core is about going really fast and taking tight turns and being awesome, like doing stuff like that. But there's no real like thrill to farming for me. So <laughs> when I do this sort of more mundane stuff, I'm actually sort of into it. Like so I've been playing this game. You've been, you've been playing yeah. this game too, right? But you don't, so you don't like economic sims, right? Where you're like you're building an economy and you're trying to make your like maybe you like Sim City, but do you I like Animal Crossing because I'm building okay. my economy. But like but this game it's like they have this whole system where you're managing a farm and you need to bring in the dollars and everything. Yeah. But then they have that little like kind of like that blast core big machinery element to it where you get to play around with the machines, yeah, right? Yeah, which is really that's where fun. You like. Well, because I, I feel like You like that, toys. I like the toys because I think that, that there's a little more room for it to just like kind of mess around. Yeah. Like you can go out in, in the hay field and just be a big disaster <laughs> and like, you know, like oh, oh, maybe you lose some friends or family members over time, but it's not real. So you're not taking this it's seriously. It's fake farm stuff, you guys. See, I, um, I was playing it for reals. What? Uh, and I didn't do that. I, you, you said, uh, you know, it's kind of ridiculous to see how realistic it is. When you have your tractor and you're attaching like a really heavy, like a backhoe or something that's very, very heavy, you actually have to attach a weight to the front of your tractor to counterbalance it. 
Like I'm assuming I don't know anything about farm equipment. I grew up in the on the countryside, so I know what it smells like on a farm. But sure. um, I assume this is accurate, and it's just you have so many uh, like little controls for all the farm equipment to like extend the feeders mm -hmm. and like lift everything up or, or lower things. <laughs> it's I think it's really good. You're yeah. laughing me at me. I think maybe it's because I'm German. We we just genetically were predisposed to liking the farming sims. No, I, I no. Be, you like shooting people. We like farming. I would be way more embarrassed to be caught f playing farming simulator than any like anime beach what? volleyball really? game. Oh yeah, my god! It's, it's just such a like a bonkers concept for a video game to me. It's like you you're just gonna go and farm. Like just super I mean, realistic. But, so the thing is, like video that games, sound fun. but video games are escapism, right? And yeah. like, so if I can do something in a video game that I can't do anywhere else, like I, I live in a major city. I have for most of my life. Like I can't like just start farming. But you, I can't just go to like Golden Gate Park with like a backhoe and start you played, ripping up mulch. You played Harvest Moon, right? Like you get yeah. the attraction of like doing some of that kind of like planning something sure. and then in this game you can also, you know, you can hire people to drive the combine harvester if you don't want to do it yourself. But mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's... Why would you want to not do it yourself? Yeah, you gotta drive straight. There's a, there's a thing about <laughs> escapism where there, it gets to a certain point where it curves all mm -hmm. the way back around and it's just like too... That's why I don't play sim racers. Or backhoes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think you're exactly. wrong. Exactly. That's why you got you to gotta put weights on your gotta front. Put weights you're gonna on play front. <laughs> Philip, are you going to play this game? I'm probably not going to play it. Um, I've never been too much of a fan <laughs> of real life farming or yeah. farming simulators. You heard it here first. But Philip at the same farms. time, <laughs> yeah, I hate farms. Um, <laughs> I don't agree with them or Ever what they do. Ever since the accident. <laughs> But um, no, I just I think that it's cool that they hit on something that works, and obviously yeah, yeah. there's a there's a crowd for that, you know. There is an audience, a surprisingly large audience for it. There are a couple of other games came out. Super Beat Sports, it's like a mini game collection. I just started that one today. It's Harmonix made that. Oh yeah, which I forgot. Yeah, um, that's right. There's a demo a, for that as well. Yeah, right? it's yeah. a it's a sort of like rhythm based sports mini game collection, and so far it's been really fun. I tried the first few games, and one of them is this baseball game where an octopus is pitching baseballs at this little cartoon character yeah. at different sort of rhythms and frequencies. Yep. and hitting them on the right time it feels almost like guitar hero lanes huh. like uh it's really clever yep. and it's cool to see harmonics doing cool so harmonics obviously made yeah. the guitar hero games uh, responsible for a, a lot of that rhythm game mm -hmm. uh goodness back in the days uh, perception came out on the switch um that's that horror game where you're you're playing from the first person uh you're you play as a blind woman it's funny the cover art looks like naomi kyle always <laughs> like if you really? yep. haven't seen it yeah the and uh, uh but it's um you you basically you have to tap the ground and you get this like daredevil vision like in the dark yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but I, if you if you make noise the monsters come for you so you have to kind of balance it um but it is uh, our reviewer didn't like the game. I was going to say we gave it a four, yeah, yeah. yeah. because I was um I was really let down by that game. Don't knock twice. Yeah, and I've been looking yeah. for a good horror game on Switch because like it's such a quiet personal system when you have your headphones on and like you're in bed and lights are off. I wanted something like spooky to plan it. It's Halloween yeah. time. Uh, and then I went and read our review and skipped it. So. I think the concept is better than the execution because like when you actually play the game, you can see how it gets very, very annoying that you're encouraged to not see anything yeah. to be safe. And like, uh, and it's just because the, the field of vision is so limited, yeah. uh, you know, to this kind of echolocation effect, you know, it, 
it kind of grates on you, is what our reviewer said. It, it's just not that fun. And then the horror elements aren't strong in the story. Did mm-hmm. you see, uh, you guys, mm-hmm. I take it, probably watched the PlayStation press conference from yes. Paris yep. Games Week. In the lead up to the PlayStation conference, they showed a game called Strife, I believe. That's the exact same concept as yep. this game. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that it's a horror game per se, but it's it's the same exact thing. You pl- you're blind, it's totally dark, and you have to make sound to create the visuals for your work. Like you use yeah. this sort of sonar system, which I thought was kind of crazy. That it, It's an old it's, developer trick. It's to make also, a game like that. Yeah. you know why? Yeah. You don't have to put any colors in the game. That's no true. colors, no uh, colors are very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> no <touch But>, sure. <laughs> the reception to that game is a little bit more positive. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, uh, I, I did want to say I actually played Perception and I thought it was a lot better than Don't Knock Twice. Yep. Um, I thought it was a lot scarier, definitely. Good, but um, yeah, I can definitely see how like the whole blind mechanics can be like a little wearing after a while um, because it does get so limiting with your you know visual experience with the game. But that's of course what it is. That's yeah. the hook. Yeah, um, and that's, and I think that's I mean obviously there are games that that uh, inhibit your field of vision or sound to make a point, and right. like I, I value those experiences. There's some really good indie games that play with color or lack of uh, lack of vision um but this is more of a full-fledged game so it's not a kind of like a two-hour indie experience absolutely. this is a bigger quest right 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 no. absolutely it's i think it's like 15 dollars on the switch mm-hmm. okay so um, it, it is it is cheaper than a full-fledged game though. yeah yeah um but i mean if you if you like horror games and if you somewhat enjoyed don't knock twice i think it's not Okay. You know, I think it is something you should definitely check out. Um, yep. I enjoyed it. I'm happy with it. I'm probably going to finish it. So. Oh, cool. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. More, more fights? Just super quickly because I want to get to Fire yeah. Emblem. Philip, you and I are both playing this, right? Yep. Yes. Um, I, more, more fight. Uh, that's that just came out on the on the second. Yep. Uh, Fifteen dollar game as well. Yeah. Um, the easiest pitch to describe it is is sort of like a light version of No Man's Sky. I'd say without the promises of the entire universe that that game sort of fell to. Um, but it's really interesting. The main mechanics here are you're this like futuristic space character. You walk around these kind of almost Metroid primey environments and you scan things and then shoot things and mine them for, for, you know, for sort of elements and then use that to upgrade your ship, to go to other planets, to visit other things. So, you know, effectively the, the core loop of no man's sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell also just from the art style as well, like it looks a lot like yes. no man's sky. It it's also got that low poly look to it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And also whoops. The, the um <laughs> and when you shoot stuff, when you're like mining for things, you you literally just shoot it with your gun like you yeah. do in no, Man, no Man's Sky and it just comes flying towards you. So yep. they've they've taken a lot of elements from it. So it definitely is like that No Man's Sky light type experience. Mm-hmm. But um, as you play through the game, you do meet like other characters. Um, and the story does develop, and it rewards you for staying on the path. Yeah, um, like you can go out and explore, but it's literally not nearly as exciting as just going through with the story. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. I had to tweak the um, sort of sensitivity settings a little bit because I felt it was a little bit floaty, mm-hmm. um, and I found a sweet spot where I actually like it now. But it's interesting to play a first-person shooter-type game yeah. on Switch because we don't really have a lot of those. Um, and this isn't really like an action-run-and-gun type of first-person shooter. It's a lot slower, more methodical, more exploration-based. Um, and it's a little rough around the edges. You know, It's a little floaty and a little cumbersome here and there. Jumping is not as precise as I wanted it to be. But I like it. There's something endearing and charming about it, and I think I'm going to keep going. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Fire Emblem Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, you know we we kind of 
touched upon it but skipped over it because it was the busy times. Um, I haven't been able to convince you guys yet to really go deep into I, that I've game. I've played a bit of it, yeah. A little bit. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, f- you've played it, obviously. I'm about halfway through it, yeah. I'm I'm playing it now. I'm sidetracked, obviously, by, by the release of Mario Odyssey. But I, I was very surprised because even though I'm a huge Zelda fan and um, I played Hyrule Warriors, I had I had issues with that game. Like, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed myself just because of the the characters but i felt like you know it was kind of limited by its dynasty warriors like repetitive like always hitting lots of enemies and like you're never you never full feel like you're fully in control whereas like i feel like they fixed a lot of things for this game what do you think yeah yeah i agree i definitely think that there's it seems like there's a lot more to do i like the whole tactics and strategy aspect of how they've incorporated that from the mainline fire fire emblem series um so i think that's definitely like like a main definitive changing factor, I guess, from what makes it different from Hyrule Warriors. Um, I personally am not as nearly as big of a fan of Fire Emblem as I am Zelda or that series, but I still really enjoyed my time with this game, and I definitely plan on finishing it. I think that there's like a lot to do, and the action feels really good, surprisingly. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a huge Fire Emblem fan, and I play all the games in the series, so I, I liked some of the, the returning characters. It has some of the awesome kind of nonsense, fun dialogue that the, uh, that the Hentel franchise has as well. Um, you can see, like, if you're watching uh, the video version of, of NVC, you can see the map overlay uh, in the top right corner, and you can really, you get a really good glimpse of what's going on on the map, which, you know, in Hyrule Warriors, you had to kind of manage your time between the different areas, too, and take over uh, take over areas and defend them. But in this game, it's just much, the execution is so much better because you can pause at any time, you can tell your units uh, to go to certain places, you can take over at any time, and so you have this, you know, if, if you like... Uh, uh, playing as a, a character with bow and arrows better, you can you can spend most of your time with that character, or you can play somebody in horseback or you know on a Pegasus, um, and then you that comes with all the limitations and the powers that certain weapons are strong against certain uh, other weapons, right? You have the weapons triangle of mm-hmm. axe cuts a spear in half, basically, right? So use an axe against the the spearman and so forth, uh, and then it has the uh, the weaknesses of like a flying. Um, a flying character is weak against arrows. And so that really, it adds this pressure to really keep an eye on all your units and, and switch between them. I really like that in this game. And then they did a really nice job just making it look more like Fire Emblem. Do you think this game will get like Hyrule Warriors level of post-launch support? That that game lived for a very long time. I mean, they, they got Link's Awakening. Characters stuff and costumes. Yeah, and I'm hoping. Stuff. I mean, is, they, is there a deep enough vault of Fire oh God, Emblem stuff? Jesus, yeah. yeah. I mean, the vault for Fire Emblem is deeper than the vault for Zelda. Wow. Because of the how many characters are in each and every game. Um, and the series obviously has been going going on since the the NES days too, mm-hmm. right? The Famicom days. Um, so yeah, there's a really deep well for any of this. It has uh, Fire Emblem. The series has great music as well, and so they can do more with that. Um, now I think you know, and like the the concept of enemies spawning from certain points, all those things are present in the strategy game series, right? Like you want to you want to occupy a place so that n- enemies don't come out. That's a key gameplay component of the game, and this one has you taking over an area and having your troops guarded so that the enemies don't come out. Um, it's fun. It has it has the thieves. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like in Fire Emblem, like when a thief is on the map, you're like, oh crap, where's the uh, where's the the treasure chest? You got to get there before the the thief gets there. And they have these elements in here too, so you kind of get diverted from your prime quest to go after them as well. Yeah, it's cool too how like when you do have certain like characters on your team, um, how like let's say if a bridge is collapsed and but you have yep. like a character with a flying horse, you can like use that character to fly over the broken collapsed bridge. Whereas if you didn't, then you'd be stuck and you'd have to go around, take the longer route, and wouldn't be able to finish the level as fast. So right. I think that like little things like that are cool because it adds different ways to actually complete a level if you wanted to do it differently. So it's awesome. Yeah, I feel yeah. like the game is getting getting overlooked a little bit, and I think that's because the Muso <laughs> series has been going on so long, and it yeah. feels like it's always this kind of. You know, the games never look amazing visually either. There's always this kind of like the lighting is never that great. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, if you look at how much stuff is going on screen, that's it. It's, yeah. yeah. So well, uh, is, it feels like what happened with ARMS and Splatoon, where it's like this is this is being eclipsed by Nintendo themselves. Huh, maybe, right? Like, if I know they wanted to keep their thing going of like one big tentpole game every month. But this this game could have waited a little bit, or could have come a little earlier. I mean, this this game launched, and within what a few weeks, we were playing Odyssey. Yeah. So, like that's a that's a big elephant in the room wearing a red hat. Well, let's talk. Not let, actually powerful, and you can get let's that talk game. about that elephant. Oh, you're talking about Yono. Uh, let's <laughs> talk about that elephant in the room. Uh, so obviously, we've all played more Super Mario Odyssey. If you haven't uh, watched or listened to last week's episode, uh, hit that up. And here are our first impressions with Ryan McCaffrey, who reviewed the game. And we will, we are planning to have a spoiler cast where we go more in depth for those players who have already finished the game. Uh, who's finished it here? I've finished it. I have. Not me. You're, yeah. you're still going. You're still, still going. Still working on it. Right? Um, and so, you know, maybe we'll wait another week before we do that and we'll try our best to be. Uh, uh, we'll be spoiler free in this discussion. Of course, but we, yeah. we will go into kind of end game and ending uh, maybe in the next episode. And we'll let you know in advance, of course. But uh, how, where are you guys? How are you feeling about the game? I really love it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I really love it a lot. I don't even know where to start. Really, I yeah. Mean, it's 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 sort of it feels to me. I guess the simplest way to put it is at, at its best moments, it feels like the the sequel to Super Mario sixty four yep. that we never truly got. Yep. Right. Um, right. And that is it, on any given day one of my top three video games ever made, up there with you know Resident Evil four and a couple of others. Uh, and I think it works really really well in providing these tremendously well designed sandboxes and nudging the player to explore them and creatively solve. Um, microcosmic little puzzles that happen on the most granular to the grandest levels uh, and rewarding the player with with those decisions. Um, it's so much fun and it's so playful and it's so joyous that it's almost like sublime in just how eccentric and adventurous and, and crazy it gets. Uh, I think like where other games sort of excel in, you look at something like Zelda, the the world is built upon your ability to travel deep into it and get lost and survive and not know where you are. But this game is just so damn fun on a moment-to-moment level mm-hmm. that I think we lose that a lot in video games, and it's really awesome that re- Nintendo, of all companies, remembers exactly how to find it. I think they did a great job here. So m- what I'm most impressed with uh, is uh, the control system is freaking awesome like the way the character feels like yeah, there there are a lot of gamers who are upset with the forced motion controls and mm-hmm. and i would agree yes it would be nice if you could do the the hat throw up and down uh map to a button or something you can 
even when you're playing handheld, you basically flip up the system, and it is not as it is definitely not as nice. It's not as responsive. Works yeah. okay with a pro controller, uh, and I would love to see an alternate um, control scheme if they could patch that in in, in, mm. in the end. It would be nice. But the way the character controls, the way like any kid can play this game and do a bunch of things and finish a bunch of levels, but how it ramps up. And yeah. I, I'm doing a lot of uh, things now. I'm, you know, I'm just under 400, uh, 400 moons into the game, and they're over 900. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm doing a lot of things where I throw my cap, and I jump on my cap, I bounce off, I throw it again, and then, and then I dive. do a dive jump, right? Yeah. So you can get to certain um, moons that way that you... Uh, otherwise, you would have to get one of the characters with a special power. Yeah, it's, I was, it's essentially sequence breaking, right? You know, like you're constantly sequence breaking. But it's, but on purpose. I mean, yeah. they they give you that power and they kind of like tell you about it a little bit more when you get deeper into the game. You have it from the very beginning, but you you can just once you have this ma- myth. once you have figured out how to do it, you're not always going to make the jump because you know it it takes skill and coordination to do it. But you can do such great things with it. I just yeah. love how the game opens up where. I, I feel like I get to moons in a way where I go like, oh, nobody else on Earth has figured out how to do this. Yeah. Or, or you do this stupid thing where you go like, oh, I bet if – let me see if I can get up there. And you get up there and there's a whole pile of cash up there. They're yeah. coins that you're like, man, they thought about it. They they figured you'd be able to get up there. And that's, that's the thing that I think is so strong about this particular iteration of Mario that it is – constantly stacking rewards like it's constantly giving you rewards for doing stuff for for venturing off the beaten path whether it's uh second hidden moons in in uh puzzle areas or (laughs) cash on top of uh you know like high hard to reach places like it's just it's a stream of instant gratification over and over and over again which is it just it's a joy to play in that regard i i find myself playing it with a big goofy grin on my face Mm -hmm. and it, it more than once i've been playing it into the wee hours of the morning and literally just let out like a yes when I do something you know like I just I get I, so excited there, there are two yeah. sequences that yeah. we'll talk about in the spoiler cast not here where it was just like that's so awesome I know one I, of them I that yelled, is so brilliant I yelled I was I, I, and I won't spoil this but yeah. I, I was towards <laughs> one of the end levels of the game and I looked at my TV with with pro controller in hand, and I yelled like a corny '90s video game commercial. This is awesome! <laughs> just like that. It was the stupidest, corniest thing. But I was like, I just had to let that out of me because I was having then so much fun. Then he did a kickflip. Yeah, and then like my mom was like, "Come up for dinner." Yeah, it's like so corny. Uh, like very what you, '90s. What do you think, Philip? I mean, you know, 3D Mario's, as we all know, have always usually been about exploration mainly, yeah. right? Um, and so this one, I think, just takes it to a whole nother level because, like you said, Pear, it just allows you to feel like you're discovering new things for the first time. And yep. I've had that experience so many times while playing this game. Um, and I'm just so happy that it's the kind of game that, like, you can play it really at your own pace. I mean, you can jump into a level and be done with it in as quick as, like, 20 minutes or half an hour um, and then move on, but then come back and still have like so many moons to get in that level, like 30, 40 plus, you know? So, and and there's reward, right? You brought it up. The economy is such that it takes a while to get coins. And in the beginning, when I played, I'm like, really? The only penalty is losing 10 coins. And, but some of the trickier levels where you have to like run super fast, I call them diarrhea flowers. You guys know the flowers you, you take and you go super fast. Gross. And like his butt's on fire and he's like, yeah, the diarrhea flowers, Mario becomes. Stop really hard that. to control diarrhea flowers. Oh. He, yeah, he certainly and, does. But but it's like you you can die a bunch of times, yeah. and it will take down your your I've, coins. I've definitely and you need the coins for a special reward yeah. that you can buy. I've definitely lost like 
up to 60 or 70 coins on stuff and like start to feel a hurt, you know, or, yep. where you'll drop down and be like, oh, I've spent a lot of money trying to get this one power moon because I'm bad at the game. But yeah. It's, but it's I, not like you're going to zero and it's game no, over. It's had, more like, oh, no, I need that money. Stop yeah. it. I had 4,000 coins when I finished this game. And now then I built up to 9,999 because there's something you can get. When yep. you have that many, um, so that was never really an issue for me. But Ugh, then I spent bruise. I spent all these coins, and then uh, I'm doing a bunch of end game stuff now. They, I'll say real real quick. Um, one of the worries I had about this game going in was that it wouldn't be very challenging. That the sort of sandboxy here's a moon, there's a moon nature of it would be a little too easy. Yep. And I think if you stick to the core path in this game, it is. But yep. when you dig around the edges, the margins, the corners of this game, there are some genuinely difficult platforming sections yeah. akin to the stuff in sunshine where they take your cap away yeah. uh, or your your flood, flood. away um, there's a lot of stuff like that there uh, and some of it works really well sometimes it's based on a power-up you get in the game where you have to play an entire sort of yeah. sub-level like that but it gets very very tricky um, and there's some stuff that like definitely had my palms sweating mm-hmm. there were some sections that I was just like nervous as hell like to get to the very end of you're just inching along very tiny platforms very precariously and that's what I was looking for here mm-hmm. I was looking for that like that crazy, insane, very creative, very difficult challenge in 3D platforming, and I think when it gets there, uh, it really delivers. I was playing in parent mode too, the two the two player I mode. I actually haven't tried that mode yeah, yet. So where, what's that like? Well, the other the other character can basically like when you turn it on in the options, your cap like floats above your head to to signify that a second player is in control of Cappy. So it does get easier. The second player can do all sorts of stuff while you're focused on controlling Mario. So collecting coins or like hitting an enemy who's coming after you behind you, things that you wouldn't be able to do just in single player. So it it becomes easier. If you're a parent, I think your kids would have a ton of fun with this game, just kind of messing around, finding moons. There, There are lots of challenges, things that are easy to do, like stomping the ground to find like a sparkling spot to find a moon. There's a really big boss in the game that I think is too difficult for a lot of kids to take down so they would need a little help overcoming it I don't think you're there yet okay um but uh just call me when you get there yeah (laughs) I'm further than you (laughs) it's pretty awesome but um uh Like, I love that they took the time to add this mode. There are a couple of things that make the game very, very easy. Like, for example, if you have the Princess Peach amiibo, did you know you you can scan an amiibo anytime in the game? I just learned that. I thought you could only do it at Uncle Amiibo. Uh No, so you can hold down the the Uh right uh, D-pad, whatever this thing is. The The Bowser amiibo. The (laughs) D-button. The Mario amiibo. And the Peach Amiibo. Oh, and quick note, we got a letter from an NVC fan before. Yep. It's not every Bowser Amiibo. He went to GameStop and he bought the Skylanders Bowser Amiibo. Yep. It doesn't register as a Bowser Amiibo oh. there, even though it does in Smash Brothers. Yep. I thought it was really interesting. But, but Peach will give you the, the super heart, basically yeah. double your health. And so like... At if any you, time? If you have... Any time. Any time. And like you're in a boss fight, boss fight you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you 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 can help your kids with that. I think I'm not going to do this very often. It makes the game too easy. I mm-hmm. think if you can always replenish your health, it'll still fall into chasms, of course. But yeah, um, yeah. you can I'm, spam the star invincibility too, right? Oh yeah, you can Mario do stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mario oh, yeah. So you can just back and forth health yeah. invincibility. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Interesting because I'm. I don't. Again, it feels sort of like cheating. Uh, and I found all the purple coins in the game without Bowser's help, which I'm. I'm an insane person. But I don't if, know what's wrong with me. But you got you got to have some self control. I mean, it is very easy to cheese the game because of that amiibo functionality. Yeah. But I, I'm, as a parent, I think this is awesome. Like, if you have kids and they get frustrated, you can you can bring out the amiibo and help them, and they'll have fun. Just uh, can I ask you guys a personal that. question? Yeah. The Switch is a portable system. Have you ever brought an amiibo on an airplane? 
Uh, uh, yes. Yes. My daughter had the entire <laughs> Splatoon set with her in an airplane. And she was yeah. scanning him on the plane? Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I love that. I and brought this... him with me just because I needed to take care of him. Yeah. So they wouldn't break. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, will, uh, we will have plenty of more uh, Mario discussion uh, next week. Uh, and again, we will be very careful to not spoil anything for you. But, Time out. Uh, let's, let's, real quick before we move, let's do a quick Power Moon count. I'm closing in on 200. I have 191. You said you had 600 and something? 620. You animal. <laughs> just under 400. 115. Nice. Yeah. yeah, well, this guy has been a little busy moving, mm-hmm. packing up his life and moving to San Francisco. Ask me next week yeah. how many moves yeah. I have. All right, yeah, there's no <laughs> sleeping this week, Philip. Uh, so we wanted to quickly uh, sneak in. I hope uh, we, we have the time to sneak in two questions from, from our users. Uh, these questions are from our mailbag. Uh, NVC at IGN.com is how you can reach us there. Um, but we, we also check comments in, in other places, and we'll answer questions there. Um, this question is from Niels Jidemir. Um, and also David Barber asked the same question. Uh, this is uh, Niels's question. He said, Odyssey is great. However, the special moves that you can only perform with motion controls is beyond me. When playing in handheld mode with the controllers attached or with the pro control- controller, this isn't exactly optimal. It wouldn't be hard to map these special moves to a button combo, but Nintendo chose not to do that for some reason. What are your opinions on this? Totally do you agree. guys play split Joy-Con or so, uh, pro controller? I've been playing... Almost only with pro controller, yep. unless I'm here at work on your and TV. I'm, I'm picking up a couple of power okay. moons on lunch or something. But yeah, like yep. I've been playing with pro controller, and the pro controller to do the motion moves is really easy. Yeah, like yep. it's really easy to to be playing with the pro controller and just flick it one way to do the circle spin, or or pop it up to to have Mario throw his hat up. Yep. Um, I, I honestly think the pro controller is easier to do it than with the split Joy-Con, yep. but it's nearly impossible to do it on the tablet. Like I, yeah, I in really handheld mode, I'm I'm having a lot of trouble doing yeah. that. And I mentioned um, bringing an Amiibo on a flight, but I had a cross country flight yesterday. And my entire plan was sit down, get as many moons as possible on this flight, and then get off the airplane. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and solid plan <laughs> and also fly across the country right. but i um found a moon that you needed to get this is not a spoiler or anything but there's a bunch of non-diarrhea flowers on the ground Ugh. and you have to throw your cap in <laughs> in the quick the quick like sort of circular movement yep um which with the pro controller is kind of a twist to the hand and all the ca- all the flowers light up and you get this you get the moon yep um i couldn't do that on an airplane, there was a guy sleeping next to me, and I detached the Joy Cons, and I was just like shaking him around, and yeah. I like I saw the guy wake up a little bit, and I was like, I can't wake up this man because I'm trying to get a moon right now. <laughs> like this is just like it's not necessary. So I think that's sort of it's kind of crappy, honestly. Yeah. Like it's almost disingenuous, and it sort of um, loses the focus of what this entire system is when you are forced in those scenarios where you have to play it like that. Like, you can't just play in handheld mode with Joy-Cons attached and get every moon in the game or be as great as someone who's playing without it. Like, so, yeah, that kind of sucks. I agree with that. Uh, I have good news for you because the the spin you can do by twirling the stick okay. and throwing the hat. Like, but you it, have to spin and then you throw the hat and, you, and it does the same thing. It's and much lights harder and it takes a lot longer it is. to get it going, it, yeah. like in a group of enemies or it, something. You're yeah. absolutely yeah. right. What I ran into, I, I flew to L.A. yesterday and uh, I had to do the, um, you know, they have posters on walls you can right. tear down the posters yeah. and i had to throw the hat straight up and i went like this i did the old omelet flip with my thing and like yeah it shakes the seats right yeah. um, well so i wish they had just mapped that to one of the buttons because whoa, honestly even, honestly motion controls uh-huh. yeah. honestly there are enough buttons on this thing to let you well, uh, let it, you throw it's what we learned from like out. star fox yeah. 64 3d or whatever mm-hmm. like right. motion controls plus handheld 
don't really work. I mean, Ocarina of Time did it well with like minor aiming stuff, you know, in terms of like bow and arrows like and stuff. I the aim, the subtle aim works. That I can do, yeah. but like anything where you're flipping the system up yeah. and losing your actual line of line sight, of sight right. yeah. yeah. Like it worked, it worked really well in Breath of the Wild, I think, yeah. the motion controls, because they didn't obviously force those upon you. Yeah, and it's just like minor tilts, you yeah. know, and it didn't, like, the, the only time it really got annoying was the like shrines. The, the shrine puzzles where you're like right. twisting a ball and stuff like that. Are we doing it? It's like this, you know. Just <laughs> but with Odyssey, Perry's totally right. You're either doing this or this or, God forbid, something Yeah, like that. This. That yeah. weird. And, and it just doesn't feel like you're holding this $300 handheld and you're like, I don't want to like, you must, you uh, just displaying it just now, you almost threw it out of your hand. I'm, I'm, I'm always Luckily, annoyed when, I'm always annoyed when people set up petitions for small things. Like they're the petitions like fire a reviewer because they didn't like the same game. But in this case, I, I wouldn't do it a petition, but I would love it if Nintendo patched alternate controls into this because it, it feels like it's doable because it's just some of the core head, yeah. head controls. Uh, quick last question. Uh, not that quick, but hopefully we have the time. Sorry, Barrett. Um, Clark from Cleveland is asking, when playing Odyssey, I started thinking this might be the best year in the Big End's history. With the release of the massively successful Switch, two masterpiece console games, and a gaggle of other great games for the Switch, a 2D Metroid for the 3DS, and the gloriously nostalgic Super NES Classic, and the year isn't even over yet. I was wondering if you guys agree of uh, or have another year that might be the best for Nintendo. Thanks to Nintendo, this might be my favorite year in gaming, certainly usurping 2011, and maybe even beating out 1997 to 98. Uh, that's... The two years I know from uh, SOTN to MGS, Ocarina of Time, Banjo-Kazooie, uh, most of my favorite games of all time were released mm-hmm. in that window. Thanks for all the great shows. What do you guys think? Do you think this is the best year for Nintendo? Like, just looking at Nintendo's first party releases? It's been phenomenal. Uh, yeah. That's for sure. I, I definitely, I, I think it's been one of the best years in a long time, yeah. obviously. You know, with the Wii U and, and that whole situation, they went through a, a really rough period. Um, and this has been just an incredible comeback in, you know, in the industry. So I think for me personally, um, and just with the games that we've been playing and the amazing system that we now have, um, it, it has been the best year that I can remember yeah. in quite some time. Yeah, and obviously there's still a Pokemon game coming out, right? right. Uh, there is, uh, we've got, uh, we had Ever Oasis in addition to Fire Emblem Echoes, which I thought was really good. Uh, Samus Returns, Xenoblade still coming out, right? Super Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Arms, Splatoon 2, Fire Emblem Warriors, right? Like a, a really good lineup. So I, I took a look back at um, lineups from the past. Uh, you know, 1986 on the disc system, we had Zelda, Kid Icarus, Metroid, and Super Mario Brothers 2, the Japanese version, all in one year. It's a good year. Yeah, that's a good year. 1991, we had F Zero, Pilot Wings, Super Mario World, SimCity, and Game Boy Wars. Mm-hmm. That's Advanced Wars. Advanced Wars, right? Yeah. The original one. 1992, we had Link to the Past. So. That's already a good year. We're done here. Uh, Mario Paint, Super Mario Kart, and Kirby's Dream Land. But yeah, I would say you know a lot of these. There are years where they're they're kind of marquee titles like Super Metroid. Um, but I think the big, the two big ones are 1996, Super Mario 64, Pilot Wing 64, Wave Race 64, Tetris Attack on the Game Boy, Donkey Kong Land 2, and Pokemon Red and Green. So mm. these debuted in Japan. That was like the first time Pokemon came out. That's a killer year. But if you go back and you realize that was it, there wasn't anything else on N64, right? Like you had these three hot games, but there wasn't any third-party support. Right. Like, I think you may be onto something. This might yeah. be the best year. Yeah, it really might. Yeah. 20- tough, to beat, tough to beat 2002. So what's in 2002? Yeah, 2002 is Super Mario Sunshine, Animal Crossing, Metroid Prime, Metroid Fusion, Zelda Four Swords, and Fire Emblem. Uh, Fui no Tsurugi. Thank you. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's an amazing game. Um, 
Yeah, that uh, you know. That's yeah, that's that's interesting. That's sort of a cheat year because Animal Crossing was a port of an N sixty four game at the time, and I would say Odyssey's but, better than Sunshine. Oh yeah, for but, sure. Yeah, I but, mean, but Metroid Prime, damn. But we yeah, didn't. Animal yeah. Crossing didn't come out in the U.S. Right, the uh, Dobutsu no Mori, the yeah. Japanese uh, game, only came out in uh, yeah, only came out in, in Japan on the N sixty four. Yeah, it's tough. Like if you just look at the the U.S. market, um, I don't know. Like Sunshine, Sunshine is a really good game. It's it's. I think Odyssey runs circles around it. Totally. Yeah. Um. I think you're right. I mean, Breath of the Wild and Odyssey are games that many people would easily list as their favorites in those franchises. Yeah. I mean, the fact that both of those games came from Nintendo and IGN gave them a ten back to back this year uh, is unheard of for yeah. a yeah. publisher. Like if if I look at my my favorite you know my classic favorite Zelda game Ocarina of Time was in 1998 that was the year that F Zero X Banjo Kazooie 1080 Snowboarding Yoshi Story and Pokemon Red and Blue came out in the U S so that's a really strong year too I like that you put Yoshi Stories in parentheses here because it's not that it's good not that good it is not that good I still <laughs> yeah. enjoy it but it's just so easy that yeah. there's no challenge very short yeah what do you think best year um yeah definitely. This year, 2017, I'd have to say, you know, like I just enjoyed the game so much. Breath of the Wild was such an amazing experience and a return to that series for me. Like it reinvented the Zelda series. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, you know, we lost, I guess, dungeons, um, you know, or, or how we knew them throughout the beginning of Zelda. But I think that it yeah. brought a lot of new elements and a lot of new mechanics that are going to stay in that series. Yeah, I hope um, they do. For the long too. run, yeah. And I think, and we said this a little last week too, but I think the fact that all of this is happening in the same year where they launched a wildly successful console yeah. is also, you know, that really says a lot. Like a lot of these... The, like the GameCube had been going for a little while by the time we got Animal Crossing, Metroid Prime, and Super Mario Sunshine in the same year. But this is year one for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so let's round it out just with a, a quick note. Nintendo released their their earnings. Right, they uh, talked about the install base. Switch sales are now at seven point six three million worldwide. Um, just by comparison, the Wii U in its entire lifespan is at thirteen point five million. Mm-hmm. So the wow. Switch is already halfway there, and Nintendo actually took up its forecast for the for the um, rest of the year. For the, for them, the year ends in March. That's their fiscal year. Uh, they took up the forecast from ten million units to fourteen million. So by the end of the year, if Nintendo is right, the Switch will have forecast outsold, uh, yeah. outsold the uh, the lifetime sales. So that's that's, that's pretty impressive stuff. A really good comeback from a company that was used to downscaling its uh, you know taking down its estimates yeah. on the Wii U. And I think at that rate, it's on track to outsell the PS4's first year as well, right? Well, yeah. And the yep. interesting thing about that is that this system did not launch in the holiday season; it launched mm-hmm. in March. Right. Um, exactly. And the PS4 was a little weirder because it had a sort of staggered launch in yep. terms. Worldwide, um, and everything was kind of focused with with Nintendo with the Switch. Uh, but yeah, it launched in March, and it's doing these kind of numbers. So it hasn't even truly had its first holiday yet. That's about and, to begin. Yeah. And then you know now is we have to keep an eye on the 3DS and how that will do as more people buy the Switch. But 3DS software was also high. Um, you know, it it uh, it's at 69 million units sold across the 3DS line that inc- includes the 2DS, of course. Nice. So uh, really good stuff. <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey sold two million units in three days. That's the fastest selling Super Mario game in history. The Super NES Classic is also at 2 million units sold. So, I mean, obviously there is more stock out there, but it's still selling out everywhere. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, a re-release, did 4.4 million units. It's crazy. Already it's crazy. on the Switch, and that's behind Breath of the Wild with 4.7 million. I think uh, already Mario is is 
easily outselling Zelda in Japan. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see the same thing here. I think this game is going to have less uh, legs. Splatoon 2, 3.6 million. 1 to Switch, 1.3 million. ARMS, 1.35 million. Uh, total software sales for the Switch now at 27 million. Pretty good year. Probably the best year for Nintendo. Nintendo, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously, we will have plenty more on Nintendo successes and and misfortunes in the future on the show. Uh, I'm so happy that Philip is joining us because it means less work for all of us. (laughs) We can uh, pawn off lots of work uh, on you um, to help us plan uh, the the show in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, Good to have you on board. Welcome. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, guys. And uh, where can people find you guys when you're not on NVC? Uh, I'm going to be uh, right here for the next couple of weeks just playing Mario Odyssey. Okay. Like, just right here in the studio. Yeah. And but, on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Zachariah Okay. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Agent Bizzle. I'm also on Up at Noon every Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific time here at IGN as well as Podcast Beyond if you want to hear me talk about PlayStation stuff. Nice. Plus a bunch of other shows. Where can people find you? And I suggest you guys, um, if you uh, if you liked what you heard from Philip today, follow him on Twitter and ask him lots of questions. Yeah, you can find me at Twitter or on Twitter at Philip Mewson. Um, and also, I was just on Game Scoop, and I think we just uploaded that video today. So you oh, guys awesome. can nice. watch me there. And as Mewson well. is spelled M I U C I N. Yes, M I U C I N. Thanks for making it easy for us. And says the guy. Thank you, Mom and Dad. And I'm Pear Schneider. You can find me at Pear IGN, and you can of course hopefully find me here on nvc next week again with this wonderful crew we might actually have a guest on next week so be sure to tune in everywhere you watch ign content or on itunes where you can listen to it um that's it for this week's show thank you so much for listening and watching and we're out